0: This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebrigtsen from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Today we have an adventure podcast. Uh, I have a special guest Forrest Streeter, who did something very incredible. He hiked from the uh, two borders, from Mexico to Canada on the Pacific Crest Trail. He had an amazing experience, and he's going to tell us about it. Forrest, when did you do it and why?
1: Well, first things first, Rich. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, I started last May uh, when it was already really hot because I had to finish my degree at the University of Utah. And as for why I did it, uh, I think I'm absolutely crazy. And... uh, I had just never really done anything for myself. You know, I, I've just been going through school and uh, doing all these things for the next step. But this has just been something that's in my family for generations. And I've always wanted to try it. So it was just time to go for it. What is the Pacific Crest Trail? Tell us where it is, how long it is, and so forth. The Pacific Crest Trail is one of the big three backpacking trails in the U.S. Um, with world around wilderness going from uh, just outside of San Diego in California on the Mexican border all the way through the Sierra Nevada, Northern California, up through Oregon, and all the way through Washington to the Canadian border. Who did you go with? Uh, Every season, there's about 2,900, 3,000-something strangers. Um, So I didn't actually start with anyone, uh, but almost immediately I had a big group of friends. Um, It's a very unique environment out there. Everyone is kind of very humbled by the extreme weather and conditions of backpacking so long every day. So you kind of commiserate and uh, become really close really quickly. Why did you decide to do it alone rather than organize it with friends? Um, I have always had a really tight-knit group of friends through school and uh, was just looking to do something new and meet new friends. And uh, I always knew I'd have my old friends to come back to, but... Uh was just really looking forward to meeting new people and uh, reinventing myself a little bit. And so something to think about when you're doing a 2,600-mile journey is uh, preparation. You know, there's so much food that you have to worry about. And uh, what are you going to be sleeping in every night? What kind of gear do you need? And how are you going to carry all that over the course of 20 to 25 miles, uh, sometimes over 30 miles in one day? And so there's a lot of planning, preparation, and research that goes into a trip like this. Um, So for the good last semester of my undergrad degree, I was kind of uh, uh, using a lot of my time to plan and uh, make sure I had everything in order before I left. And so one of those things I had to consider is what to take in my first aid kit. Uh, I have my EMT, so of course I was thinking emergency medicine, what kind of situations would I get myself in in the middle of wildfire season. Um, You know, people take falls, fall in rivers. Uh, people get sick. You know, I had a friend get altitude sickness up at uh, 12,000 feet as we were climbing Mount Whitney. And uh, so there's a whole realm of things that you have to think about, but you can't exactly just strap an ambulance onto the back of yourself. So uh, you really had to pare down what you really, really needed. And uh, sometimes that left us high and dry, but that's just the price you pay. And so once I actually got out there, of course, it was an entirely different thing than I expected Um, this year, 2021 actually ended up being the most dangerous year for the PCT, uh, with a couple people dying and several people having to be airlifted, um, right away, middle of May, early June, as we're hiking through the Southern California desert, there was a myriad of heat injuries, heat stroke, um, and exposure to the sun all day long. So first, what we had to do was avoid it. You know, you're kind of playing by the sun's rules when you're out there. So we would often hike through the night uh, with headlamps, but when we had to be up during the day, uh, we were making sure that we had enough water, uh, which of course is not a very light item to carry, um, but you don't have a whole lot of options. So a lot of the times we would carry six, eight, ten liters of water um, just to make sure that we weren't getting dehydrated and going into heat exhaustion. Hey, uh,
0: Forrest, just to tell us some logistics, where did you start And what uh, day did you start, and what day did you finish?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So a lot of people go into San Diego, and the terminus for the Pacific Crest Trail is just about 30 or 40 minutes away from San Diego. So uh, you go out there, and you actually say hi to the Border Patrol as you start Mile 1, and uh, you just keep going north from there up to uh, Mount Laguna and um, by L.A., At a certain point, you know, once you're at L.A. level, it's already been a couple weeks on trail. But, um, yeah, I saw the back of the Hollywood sign as we kept creeping our way up towards Sierra Nevada mountain range and uh, onward. So I started May 15th and actually ended up finishing at the Canadian border October 4th. Um, So a total journey of four and a half, uh, close to five months to make it all the way. And to be perfectly honest, wildfires cut off a good couple hundred miles of trail. Uh, So I think if I uh, had to do the entire 2,600 miles, it would probably take me
0: close to five and a half or six months. What was the uh, scariest thing that you encountered uh, on that uh, lengthy trail? Oh, man. Um, Well, being quite honest, uh,
1: the people outside of L.A. are not exactly the friendliest people on the planet. Um, But as far as the trail is concerned, I'd have to say uh, rattlesnakes. Specifically, one time I was in the middle of changing into my hiking gear for the day, and a rattlesnake uh, was about two feet away from my face, literally caught me with my pants down. Um, And there was actually a story of someone getting bit and having to get airlifted uh, out to San Diego because a lot of the clinics in the middle of nowhere don't carry the antivenom for rattlesnakes so that was always something we had our eye out for. Did you encounter any other animals on the trail? Absolutely saw deer, uh, moose, elk, uh, a black bear once, all kinds of birds and um, crazy insects as we're going up through the rainforest in Washington. Um, Yeah fantastic fishing I brought myself a fishing rod through a lot of the high mountain ranges beautiful golden trout just about everything that the West Coast has to offer.
0: How did you choose the shoes you were going to wear, and what shoes did you wear?
1: That goes back to the research and planning phase. You know, a lot of YouTube and um, time on the Internet just kind of helped me narrow it down, but the most popular thing to hike in nowadays is trail running shoes because they're nice and light and uh, relatively cheap. The specific ones I hiked in were the Ultra Olympus, plenty of padding. I think they're originally for ultra marathon running, but uh, I found out those worked pretty well for me. Uh, But when you're hiking so many miles in a day, inevitably, even if you have the perfect shoe, you're going to run into a lot of blisters. Uh, So by the end of the whole journey, the entire surface of my foot was covered in callus. Well,
0: that's interesting. So you'll have to tell us how you treated those calluses and blisters and everything you're getting and how many different pairs of shoes did you end up using and where did you get them?
1: Um, So I actually mailed myself pairs of shoes every 500 or 600 miles, and I ended up going through five pairs of those shoes. Um, Since it's such a social trail, I got pretty lucky and met um, a podiatrist as well as uh, other physicians and people in healthcare that could help uh, wrap my feet, uh, give me the occasional massage. I even knew a chiropractor who was doing adjustments out there uh, under an underpass. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very, um, great community. So as long as you get yourself out there, everyone's going to be very welcoming. And, uh, we all helped each other out and got through it together.
0: What other, what kind of diseases or sicknesses did you encounter in that lengthy trip? Oh
1: man. Uh, there was multiple bouts of Giardia. I was lucky enough to never have anything like that, but that's pretty debilitating and dehydrating, Uh, in a situation where you really don't have that much access to clean water. Um, There was, you know, the event with the rattlesnake bite. Um, I think one lady uh, unfortunately passed away due to heat stroke, uh, as well as um, on the other end of the trail when you're getting close to Canada. We were going through blizzards and snowfall, so there's all kinds of exposure uh, to the elements there. You get wet, you get cold, um, it gets dangerous pretty quickly. There was actually one night where I got wet and cold. All of my down was soaked through, and my only option was to keep moving. And I ended up with 52 miles after the whole ordeal when the sun
0: finally came out and I could warm all my stuff up again. How did you choose uh, a first aid kit and medicines and what to put into that?
1: Well, first I ordered one off Amazon, and I put that in my backpack. But uh, eventually I found that was just way too full, I think that was about five pounds to start with when most people's packs are weighing a total of 30 pounds with food and water in it. So I eventually pared that down um, to a little bit of trauma gear in case anyone got a laceration or had a fall. Um, You know, I had splinting material. Uh, I was thinking about wildfire season a little bit. I had some burn uh, cream and burn bandages, Uh, although I don't know how much help that would have been if we found ourselves in a wildfire situation um, all kinds of random, uh, medications and specifically something we like to call vitamin I or, uh, ibuprofen. Um, pretty much every day you're taking that, uh, to reduce the swelling and pain in your feet and legs, uh, just to get going the next day. Cause you're on a time crunch. Um, you are out there to enjoy it and have fun. And it's really a five month long vacation, but if you're not moving 20 to 25 miles a day, you're not going to make it. So, there is a little bit of that pressure to kind of push through the pain and find your new limits, which was something I really enjoyed about it.
0: Forrest, was there any, any time where you thought you would quit or, or give up and just go home?
1: Yeah, uh, three times, all having to do with the wet and cold. I didn't mind the heat as much. I've lived in hot places all my life, but when I, when I got up closer to Canada, which is when you would think I'd have no problem pushing through and just hitting the finish line. Uh, that was when I really started to think about quitting, but um, I have my friends, my family, and my girlfriend to thank for just talking me through it and uh, keeping me going on such an amazing journey.
0: did you have um, did you camp with the, these these friends that you met? Were you with them for most or all of the uh, trail?
1: It depends. you know there was all kinds of different speeds you know maybe someone would get hurt. And get holed up in a town for a couple weeks. Um, but then maybe you decide to take a couple days in a really cool town or go into Portland. and uh, The trip is just very flexible and free. So you end up seeing all kinds of different people at different points in the trip. Uh, in the beginning, when we had all just graduated from college, we had a pretty large group. And uh, that was a really fun time because it was pretty much just a party through the desert. as We were all meeting new friends. It was a brand new experience. Um, but eventually everyone finds their pace, their tight little click, and, uh, they just go with that.
0: What were the, the, the injuries that, y- that you had, the illnesses, injuries that you specifically had? Can you kind of recount those for us?
1: Um, the biggest one I had to deal with was plantar fasciitis, uh, which is when you put too much pressure on your arches in your feet. And, uh, really the only solution, the only good solution for that is rest and ice, um, but I just never really gave myself that time. Um, So I I did not deal with it in the correct way. I just uh, used anti-inflammatories and tried to walk softly on it by shifting my weight around to different areas in my foot, uh, which really just prolonged the issue. And and eventually I got to a point where I absolutely had to stop. Um, And that's when I kind of lost my close group of friends um, and just went solo for a little minute uh, until eventually I met some new friends um, and it all worked out in the end. I actually met, um, my close hiking group at the very end at the Canadian border. And we all got one last night together, which was one of my fondest memories. What
0: other issues did
1: you have other than the plantar fasciitis? Well, there's a whole myriad of minor issues that I could talk about. Everything from blisters to back pain, uh, to a bit of a shoulder dislocation to, uh, what I think felt like a broken ankle, um, but really, I got pretty lucky. I didn't have any other major issues that forced me to get off trail. Um, but I did see quite a lot of other uh, injuries that force people to get off trail, which is really sad. Um, everything from uh, ITB or uh, IT band syndrome, uh, which is where the IT band in the knee just gets inflamed and starts rubbing on the knee joint and causes a lot of pain, makes it really hard to hike, obviously. Um Altitude sickness, Uh, one of my close buddies in the Sierra Nevada got really bad altitude sickness, which was probably one of the scariest things that I saw. Um, We took him to a ranger station, Uh, but of course, when you're out in the middle of the wilderness like that, there's really not too much the rangers can even do. They offered him food and water, but when he's so nauseous and delirious, uh, the main objective was to just get him down in elevation. Uh, Of course, the only way to go down was up and over. Uh, 11,000 feet another pass to get out of the range so he ended up staying behind with the ranger uh, before eventually making it over the pass over the course of the next five to six days Uh, really harrowing experience but something you have to think about on a trip like this Uh, up closer to the Canadian border actually there was uh, a friend of mine who broke his ankle out on the trail I was just a little bit behind him Uh, everything was fine one second and I go around the corner and see him kind of writhing in agony in the middle of his trail. He had his dog with him and even the dog knew something was up. Um, so we took a look at it, got it stabilized as much as we could. Um, but really, uh, we were too far from any sort of trailhead or road or access point. So the only option was to get on our GPS beacon and call in a helicopter, um, which eventually came about an hour and a half later. Um. And they took him away. But a really important piece of gear to have is that access to the outside world. When there's no service, no roads, no one else around, uh, we were able to hit that big red button and get him some help.
0: When you're planning the medicine and potential injuries at the start, did you make a list of things that you thought might happen to you or that you've read that would happen to you on this lengthy trail? Or did you just go kind of blindly and how did you figure that out at the start?
1: Um, you know, combination of talking to my primary care physician and research on the internet, I decided that altitude, um, the heat, the cold, and, uh, pathogens like Giardia were probably my biggest concerns.
0: How did you decide, uh, what medicines to take for those things?
1: Or what did you take? Again, the internet was, uh, was my holy Bible for this trip, honestly. Um, I consulted the internet and my primary care provider and uh, decided to take acetazolamide, um, a half course of amoxicillin, and um, plenty of painkillers, ibuprofen,
0: Aleve. Is there uh, medical help available on the Pacific Crest Trail so the listeners will know?
1: Outside of one cardiothoracic surgeon I met hiking, um, no, no, there's no standby medical attention out there other than um, the search and rescue team that gets called if you push the button on your Garmin unit. However, there is an amazing uh, community of ex-hikers as well as people that just live along the trail. Uh, We refer to those guys as trail angels because they're literally angels. They do everything from putting you up in their house to feeding you, even coming out in the middle of nowhere on the trail um, to, you know, be ready to help people provide water. Uh, Specifically, I'm thinking of a couple places down in the desert that had water caches and had big signs out on the trail, hey, free water for the hikers, come and get it. Um, They really, I don't think the trail in the desert would have been possible without them this year.
0: How did you treat your water?
1: Uh, I used a combination of chemical treatment, um, so bleach, essentially, uh, as well as a Catadin beef-free unit, uh, which is just a 0.5 micron filter to get uh, some of the bigger pathogens out.
0: How did you calculate your energy needs of the day? Like, were you eating candy or sugar? How did you meet those demands?
1: I really tried to find stuff that would be sustainable energy while also being as light as possible. Um, At first, I was just throwing literally everything into my backpack because I just have eyes that are bigger than my stomach. Um, But eventually I had to figure out a way to pare everything down and eat light more than anything. Um, So instant mashed potatoes, tuna packets, uh, types of rice, you know, of course there's the pre-made backpacking meals. But all of that doesn't really add up to the best nutrition. So at the end of the day, at the end of the trail, uh, I had to do a lot of eating to make up for the weight that I had lost.
0: How many calories a day were you trying to eat? Uh,
1: the internet said that I would have to eat about 10,000 calories a day to make up for the energy expended on a 20-mile uh, hike. Uh, but, you know, realistically, I was probably only able to eat six or 7,000 calories a day, which is hard enough to do as is.
0: How much weight did you lose?
1: I started with a freshman 15. I actually gained like 12 or 13 pounds, um, but at the end of the trail i was about minus 5 or minus 6 pounds
0: and uh did you were you able to uh, communicate you said you had just these spot messengers did you have uh sat phones or anything that you could contact people southern california's
1: one big city so i had plenty of cell service down there but as we got up north into the mountain ranges uh rural oregon and washington especially um there was sometimes not even service for the gps units so very isolating experience sometimes and very connected at other times.
0: How how did you communicate with family uh, so they wouldn't worry your friends?
1: I gave them a decent timetable, you know, when they could expect a call from me. And um, I'd give GPS updates so they could kind of follow my progress all the way up. Uh, but really, you can't keep them completely updated. So uh, if they didn't hear from me a couple days, uh, then maybe they'd start to get worried Um, and, uh, call some of my friends or, you know, just do stuff like that.
0: Was there one experience that you had that was, uh, the most satisfying or one or two or, and one that was the scariest? The most satisfying was
1: making it through the desert. That was the most grueling and challenging part. And once I made it through that, I knew that it was probably a pretty good chance as long as I didn't get injured that I make it all the way, um, There's also, of course, making it all the way, you know, touching the Canadian border after hiking from Mexico. That was something that I will never, ever forget.
0: Well, you have a captive audience here. Why don't you give them a suggestion of people who want to hike the Pacific Crest Trail or the Continental Divide Trail or the Appalachian Trail if they're going to do a long trail? What pieces of advice, medically and otherwise, would you give to them? Well, yeah, pertaining to the trails and the topic of the
1: podcast, um... With medicine, I think preparation was the most important thing that I did. You know, just doing my research, knowing what kind of trouble I was going to be getting into, and uh, knowing what I had to bring uh, to get myself through that just literally saved my life. Having the right clothes, having the right gear um, was paramount. So that would be
0: my biggest piece of advice. Are there mistakes uh, in your preparation or mistakes that you made that you would do things differently now? Well...
1: Uh, I guess this is a little contradictory to what I just said. Um, But in regards to the day-to-day plan, um, I'd say be less prepared. In regards to safety and gear and what you're going to need out there, obviously preparation is very important to me and should be important to you if you're thinking about something like this. But, you know, there was plenty of times where we kind of strayed away from what we thought we were going to do and just decided to go into L.A. or into Portland and just kind of got away from – the day-to-day plan, and that created some of the more special experiences of the entire trail.
0: What, uh, other than the hypothermia, hyperthermia, the desert, and uh, the altitude problems, any other weather-related issues that you would want to warn the listeners about, lightning or wind or something? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, lightning storms and uh, high winds when you're up at uh, extreme heights, you know, on a shelf trail, Those are all things you want to be thinking about, but again, preparation, knowing what you're walking into can save you from having to deal with the situation. What
0: about uh,
1: the wildfires? Wildfires were especially bad this year. I think California had its number one biggest wildfire in history. Um, Man, that one's tough. I don't know if there's really too much you can do about those. We just kept our eyes peeled on the news, uh, tried to get updates as often as we could, and just avoided getting ourselves into situations. And uh, that was a really difficult decision to make to skip a lot of Northern California that was on fire. But um, we were not about to be walking ourselves into a situation where we needed to get rescued.
0: Well, it's a fascinating story for us. We're very glad you told us. We're glad you did it. We're glad you came back safe and were able to share your experiences with us. This ends this adventure podcast on hiking the Pacific Rim Trail.